Good afternoon, everybody. It is March 28th at 1.06 p.m. I, uh, I started that. I titled this before I really got into it. I did a little bit of research before I dug in too deeply. And the research led me to some interesting things that I didn't think I'd find uh, today. The first one, of course, is Isaiah Thompson has entered the transfer portal. That was a big deal to me. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I'm not super surprised, but on the other hand, I was a little surprised that um, uh, I was a little bit surprised. PJ's still on the coaching staff. I don't know how long PJ's agreement was. I think it was two years, and this is his second year. Um, let's get in before I before I dig in deeper into what I was going to talk about today. Let's thank our sponsors, Martin Vintage. Uh, check them out. They have a really cool Cradle of Astronauts t-shirt in her boiled at checkout. Uh, really cool shirt, though. If you liked the football uniform a couple years ago, the all-white uh, astronaut t-shirts or uh, jerseys and uniforms, uh, this is that patch on the front and the back. I would suggest you check it out. It's probably my favorite shirt they've released in two years. Uh, really like it. Uh, go over to um, Gridiron Metalworks. Uh, I think their site is going to be up and running very soon, if not already. Uh, if you've uh, been waiting to purchase something because they haven't been available, now you can enter Boyle checkout 15% off. Of course, AJ's, eatajs.com. If you're not on campus, uh, you can go there and um, uh, you can go to eatajs.com, order something, uh, have it ready. Maybe if you're if you're heading from Indianapolis, you're going to go up to God's country for practice today. It's the last public practice this afternoon. Um, I'm not able to make any of them this uh, year. I won't be at any of them until the spring game. But today, March 28th, you can go see your Boilermakers practice. Uh, according to Jeff Brom, uh, some of the quarterbacks look really, really good. He's been limiting AOC's snaps so he can see the other guys more than anything because he knows what he's got with uh, O'Connell. So um, he says that uh, Alamo and um, uh, Burton both look really strong for different reasons. Burton can extend a play with his lively uh, legs, and Alamo has that big arm. So... Um, Appreciate those tuning in who are live. Looks like we've got a couple. Appreciate that. But the big thing I wanted to talk about um, was I've been on Twitter a little bit last few days, and the the hashtag Fire Matt Painter crowd um, is out there. There aren't a ton of them, but the ones who are out there are loud, and I, I'd like to talk to them directly and talk to you guys directly who aren't in that crowd as well about kind of some of the silliness of that. Let's Let's look at the reason of why the last loss felt so bad. Number one, I think everybody, every Purdue fan I talked to, everyone I knew, really thought Purdue was going to win the game versus St. Peter's. We thought we'd see the St. Peter's version, uh, the team that North Carolina played, which was a team that had a hard time shooting, felt more of the pressure, really didn't look the part. They didn't look like they would uh, square up well against Purdue on paper. Uh, they did not do well versus North Carolina. North Carolina, of course, ends up going to the Final Four, one of the um, least exciting story storyline-filled Final Fours in a long time, other than they're all blue bloods. Every team, Villanova, Kansas, Duke, and North Carolina, are all teams that have won at least three championships. Um, I don't know if that makes it hurt less or more if you're a Purdue fan. I can tell you um, I didn't think Purdue was going to get past Texas. Um, then, uh, I really didn't think they would get past, uh, North Carolina. So ask yourself this question. If you're really angry still, I'm, I've moved on. Uh, I don't have time to, to let that type of thing fester in me. I had some friends at church yesterday say, uh, how do you feel? I said, well, I'm an old guy. I've been through this. And if you're older than, well, if you're older than five, 
uh, if you're if you've lived the last few years and you're a Purdue fan, you've been through this. You've seen this. Uh, it's sad. It's disheartening. It's not fun. But a lot of programs wish they could go to Sweet 16s. Honestly, that everything's about perspective, and that's part of the thing that I'll talk about today. Um, but would have been better. Would it have been better for you if Purdue had made the final eight and you could sit make the um, make the uh, argument, the story, the narrative, you could say, yeah, well, Purdue loses in the uh, Purdue loses in the round of eight. This is Matt Painter's new ceiling. He needs to bust through it to get to the round of four because he was stuck on the round of 16 for years, right? And then he got through uh, with the help of Carson Edwards and Ryan Klein, of course, give credit where credit's due. Sorry, uh, I have a lot of people reacting right now to this uh, 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 Thompson news more than anything. Um, so I'm getting some text, but... Um, yeah, the uh, how how would you have felt if Purdue would have lost to North Carolina? Because I didn't see them beating North Carolina for a lot of reasons. North Carolina is playing a lot better than they did when Purdue beat them way back in November, and they're at full strength. Uh, Inky Black is is back; uh, he's playing well. North Carolina looks like a different team. Hubert Davis, as much as I maligned him, um, really did some things. He shortened the bench. If you you know we we. At Purdue, we've seen a lot of teams that have that have had that have been nine deep, seven deep, eight deep regularly. Uh, North Carolina is really six deep at this point. Uh, Davis made some tough decisions on who he was playing regularly and tightened things up. And North Carolina looks like a different team. Make no mistake, North Carolina has a bunch of guys that are really talented, NBA talented type of guys on the team. Um, Purdue has a couple. Um, Purdue had a couple. Pardon me. And so this is the, the new world we live in now. Um, the team problems, the dynamics that existed for Purdue, we can move on from them. They, the team next year will be drastically different. It might be more fun for you to watch because they're going to be improving all the time. But they're going to be starting from a position where they're not very great out of the shoot, unless we see an absolute superstar transfer to Purdue uh, via the transfer portal. Um, we're going to see a very different team. Um, even if we do see a superstar transfer, I think Painter's going to want a guy who really buys into what he's selling. I don't think he's going to have much time for uh, people that don't want to play within a system at all. I don't. I, I don't care who it is. I don't think he's going to want to deal with them. Um, but let's look at the the. Let's look at some of the facts. Okay. Let's look at the 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 roster for next year. The roster changes, and then of course let's look at what Purdue is. Let me dress the fire painter people again. I didn't really do it as I explained things. Um, it's not going to happen. Mike Babinski's not going to fire Matt Painter. If you want to yell that and hashtag it, do whatever, you know, start a campaign, start a GoFundMe to uh, get Purdue to, to purchase his buyout, go ahead. You're wasting your time. Um, Mike Babinski has no interest in firing Matt Painter because Matt Painter doesn't deserve to be fired. Okay? I'm not a guy. If you go back and just check on our feed – Check out my thoughts at the end of the game to see if I'm up to snuff according to what you think a fan should be. Did I take it hard enough? Was I upset enough? I don't know. I wasn't crying or cursing or angry or yelling. I was disappointed. I've been through this a lot of times. I'm 46 years old. I've seen Purdue lose its share of tournament games in creative and awful ways. Purdue lost another one this year in the round of 16 versus the Cinderella story of the tournament, and we are going to see highlights of that forever. And that's the thing that hurts probably more than anything, if we're really being honest. It's like uh, it's like teenage pride as much as anything. Purdue went to the Sweet 16. That's pretty good. Their path was pretty easy. It wasn't a horrible, hard path. It wasn't 
I mean, getting through Texas was good, but they didn't have the hardest route to get to the second weekend. We all know that. To say that you want Matt Painter fired is frustration. I understand. I'm not going to question you as a fan and say you're a bad fan, but I'm going to say you're not logical at all. You're not looking at the real world. There's no precedent for Purdue firing a guy like Matt Painter. Did Matt Painter get outcoached by Holloway? Yeah, he did. Um, Did Matt Painter have his finest weekend and his finest two weeks of coaching? No, he did not. Did Matt Painter have his best season? This year in 21-22. Absolutely not. In fact, I'd say Matt Painter had a pretty bad season because he is as much as responsible as, uh, uh, for the end result as anybody. This team set re- set goals. I, I talked about it after the game. They set goals of Big Ten championships. They set goals of going to the Final Four and a national championship. They reached none of those goals. So that's a pretty disappointing season for both Painter and these players. Um this team, the team that we saw, is now reconstituted officially. Isaiah Thompson is transferring out. Perhaps Brandon Newman will transfer. Many people think he might. I don't know anything about what's in his head. Like I said, I, this is all guessing. And then, of course, Zach Eady has to listen to what they're saying in the NBA. I just did a quick search, and if you guys think it's crazy to think of Zach Eady going in the NBA, you need to do a little bit of research on your own that I've already done. Just do a quick search, Zach Eady NBA 2022. That's all you have to do, and you will find tons of sources that are saying he's not only a second rounder, he's a first rounder potentially because of his skill set and the fact of his adjusted production is so high in college in college basketball versus very good um, big men in the Big Ten. He's a very productive guy. He only plays 20 minutes a game. A lot of centers in the, in the NCAA play 30 minutes a game. He's got better numbers than almost any of those guys. The NBA is going to give him a serious look. Now, will he, does he want to go is the question. Is he going to be a first-rounder? That's the biggest question. I don't know the answer to this stuff. I'm not an NBA fan. And that's the other thing. As I watch, Travion Williams is in the 60s, according to rankings. Um, uh, William, uh, Edie is right around there. And um, Ivy, of course, is in the top five. Okay? That's great for them. It really is. I don't care about the NBA. I, I don't know how else to say this. I'm sad when guys leave Purdue that didn't get to play their absolute best basketball at that age, at that point in their career. So I'm saddened that these guys are gone because Sasha, Hunter, um, uh, Trey, and um, Jaden, I'm sad that they're gone. I'm really sad they're gone because I think they could have been better. And I think they there was more in the tank. They all could have played better as a team for sure. But they didn't. Sasha made it official. He's, he's going to explore opportunities to play pro basketball. I think he'll find a place to land in Europe. Um, that's great. Uh, but he made it official. He talked to uh, Rothstein, um, he or somebody else, and Rothstein just retweeted. Whatever. doesn't matter. But Sasha made it official. I have friends that aren't Purdue fans that are surprised that none of these guys are using their COVID year. Um, Sasha's old. He's, it's a, he's, it's his fifth year on campus. I don't think he was a super young guy when he came in. I I get his sentiment why he's leaving. Um, but the other guys, you can understand they, they, maybe they're like, okay, that was a good opportunity. We took a swing. We didn't get there ready to move on with the rest of their lives. I understand all of it. Um, I can't blame them, but let's look at next year. Okay. Um, so I hope I've made it clear that I don't think there's any chance in hell that Babinski would fire Matt Painter unless something bad came out that's off the court issues. Matt Painter has not earned even that idea, okay? Going to the Sweet 16 uh, consistently and losing is not a place that is a fireable offense. 
winning an average of 20-something games a year is not a fireable offense. Being in the top third of the Big Ten consistently is not a fireable offense. And if you go down that route, like some programs have done that because it wasn't good enough, regardless of who it is, there have been some ADs in the past that have made stupid decisions like that. And when you do that, there's something called sports karma that I think is real. I don't believe in karma. I believe in sports karma. I've explained this concept to you guys before. But the idea that coaches and the coaching fraternity is small and they talk. When they go to these conventions, they talk about what's going on to different schools. And they're, if let's pretend for a second in the hashtag fire painter world that, that Babinski listens to it and he, they fire painter. So now you have to fill that void, okay? There's some guys out there right away I can think of that are Purdue connections that might want to fill it, but I can think many of them would say, you know what, this doesn't sound like a Purdue thing. Some of those guys that you may think of right away, they may say, I don't want to coach at Purdue now with an AD that just fired one of the, the best Purdue basketball coaches historically ever. He's been there 17 years. He's done a lot. He can do more. He should do more. Hopefully he will do more. I, I'm not taking any of that away. I can understand some of you that want to publicly vent your frustration because it is frustrating that this team didn't reach any of its goals. But there's no way in hell that is a good thing for the basketball program to even flirt with the idea of firing Matt Penner. I hope I'm very clear there that I think it's dumb. I think that's a dumb thing. And I tried to discuss with some people, what is your benchmark? What is the thing that they need to do to stop you from talking about firing Matt Painter? Well, most of the time when they do it, they change their goal. And I had a discussion with somebody yesterday, brief, but I was like, he's, he was mad that Painter never got, he said his ceiling is the sweet, uh, sweet 16. How quickly we forget. It was 2019 they went to the Elite Eight. That's pretty damn good. And that route, by the way, to get to the Elite, Elite Eight was difficult. Carson Edwards and Ryan Klein did a lot of the work, but Matt Painter changed his coaching style to let those guys do what they did. Let's just not make any bones about it. So he's been to the Elite Eight. That's really good. Being a top eight team, that's really, really good. And if you look at that season specifically, they earned their way into in a very elite group. The eventual national championship beat them by a hair. We can discuss it ad nauseum. Let's not do it. Let's look, at, let's look ahead. So what's next with this program? And how could Painter solve some of the problems that he's got? Okay, let's look at the lineup first, or potential lineup and roster. Gillis is going to be a starter. Um... I think Caleb First will probably be a starter, uh, dependent upon the well. That's Zach Eady is going to start if he if he comes back. Caleb First could be a starter. Ethan Morton Morton is a starter, right? Um, Brandon Newman could be a starter. Trey Kaufman Wren could be a starter. Fletcher Lawyer could be a starter. Brandon Smith could be a starter. William Berg could be a starter. I mean, like, there's a lot of guys in here that are good. Here's the thing that looks so different next year. It's not going to be as athletic, athletic of a team right away because you lose a couple quick parts. You lose Ivy. That's a huge one because he's got a gear that nobody else had in the NCAA. But you lose Eric Hunter, who was a stalwart, right? Is If you don't like him, that's okay. I like Eric Hunter. I think he had a pretty good uh, senior season, senior campaign. Got him back just past the level he was playing his sophomore year, which was a really high level. Um, he was wrestled, he wrestled with injuries his junior year with his knee. Um, but he was, he was consistent, and he was pretty darn good senior year. He didn't play very well at the very end. Let's not look at through that. That's not really a fair characterization. Losing him is a big deal. Losing Sasha is a big deal. But Purdue is going to be a half step slower as a team. And they're going to struggle on defense, I think, if they don't find a guy that's quick to be on ball. Uh, I look at some big problems. Obviously, Brandon Smith is a guy who 
I'm excited to see, but he's very, very young. He's a true, he's going to be a true freshman and he's pretty small. I think he's six foot even great athlete, quick, um, can jump as I bet his vertical is up above 38, 39 inches, probably higher, um, maybe 40 inches. Um, but he's still, he's still, it's hard to ask a guy to come out and play point guard right away. It's happened a couple times. In the last decade, I think Lewis Jackson started almost immediately. I think they waited about a month to start him. Um, and I think Hunter started by the end of his freshman year, if not definitely a sophomore year. So you'll have, you'll have uh, Kaufman Wren, Newman, First, Thompson, Zach Eady, Ethan Morton, William Berg from Sweden, uh, who's going to be very skilled, different big man, can pop out and shoot threes, differently, different than Eady. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer can shoot from anywhere as long as he's in the gym. He'll, he'll pull the trigger. And Camden Hyde up from Minnesota, who's 6'5", kind of a small version of Robbie Hummel. Then you have the transfer portal. They will look at it. Right there, as that lineup stands, you've got 10 scholarship players. I said, I hope I didn't say Isaiah Thompson. I might have. Isaiah Thompson is in the transfer portal right now. Who knows if he'll stay in there? I think Painter's always really honest with these guys at the end of the season. Um, Thompson wasn't playing great basketball at the end of the season. Understandable why he might enter the portal. Um, but Purdue would have 10 scholarship players. They need now two portal players to fulfill their roster, if not somebody changing their commitment. Um, so I think they will go into the portal. I think the first priority would be a point guard that can do dynamic things with the ball in his hands. Um, there's a player from Kansas State who's from Indianapolis who is a high, high priority, I think, for Painter and company. He has officially entered the portal. He did at the end of last week. And then Princeton's point guard as well is somebody that Purdue is looking at. Um, I don't know his name. I really... I, um, Kansas State name is Nigel Peck. Uh, Nigel Peck. Good, my brain found that. Uh, but anyway, I think Purdue will hit that transfer portal. Um, I think Painter does not like the transfer portal. He prefers to have guys that have been in the program, want to be in the program, and stay in the program, obviously. I hope um, I hope the rest of the guys are there. I don't want to see anybody else transfer. I, I, that, that bothers me when I see it. I don't like, I don't love the transfer portal as it stands right now. Um, but the other thing, so you go look at that lineup, they need to hit the portal. That's one thing. The second thing I would say that, that I would love to see Painter do, okay, I'm at, I'm at 18 minutes already. I would love to see Painter look hard at the idea of getting a guy on his bench who is a guy that can light a fire underneath the players. He has such an even keel group of coaches. I keep, I've said this multiple times. I think it's something that's solvable. It's not going to be him that solves it, though. He's not going to be the guy that's going to be um, really chewing on players and making things happen. Painter needs a guy on his staff that is that guy that he trusts him enough to really go after. Maybe it's situational. You've seen it. There are some guys that are on the bench of different um, programs. For instance, there's a guy that might go talk to the refs right away. Painter needs that. He doesn't hardly ever talk to the refs in a way that's effective, that games are called in Purdue's favor. He doesn't get in their ear. I used to coach, and I said I used to go to the refs, and I'd say, can you tell me what happened on that last play? And I'd do it usually immediately. And I wouldn't say, like, I tried not to yell at them right then because this was stupid basketball. It wasn't anything like what Painter deals with. But asking the question of what happened, that's a simple thing. Not just saying, that was bad. And we see Painter say that all the time. That was bad. But you need a guy who's fired up. 
Dane Fife just got fired from IU, and I would never, ever, 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 ever want him hired by Matt Painter because of him leaving his commitment after he had just gotten fired. But a guy like that, who has Purdue ties, who is coaching right now, who could be on the bench, who is fired up, and Painter likes him and trusts him, that'd be a great fit on the bench. The problem Painter has right now, he's got a glut of coaches. I don't think anybody's going to be leaving this offseason. Um, and on top of that, there are a lot of guys that are now, now available who I think would be interesting to see on the bench. They aren't the guys I'm talking about. They don't really have this fired-up personality. But, I mean, Conzo Martin and Bruce Weber, uh, to me, are both interesting, if nothing else. Maybe they can be consultants. I don't know. Um, I like both those guys because of their long history with Purdue. Um, but they are not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a younger coach who can light the fire that Painter has a hard time with because he's not good at the psychological part of the game. Let's see. I'm going to look real quickly over. Uh, 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 thank you. Jay is in here um, in the live group, and he says, I missed a spot shaving. I shaved, okay? I was going to shave my beard at the beginning of the tournament, but I thought there are some of you guys out there, whenever Purdue loses in the tournament, you'd blame me because I didn't have a playoff beard going. I do it every year. I hate the way it looks, and then I end up slowly growing it back or quickly growing it back. I actually miss right here. It's asymmetrical. I didn't do a very good job. I apologize. It'll be better looking next time you see me in one way or another. Um, let's see. Um, Matt Painter's future will be decided in the next few years considering the talent pool and expectations. That's Ken K. Okay, Ken, um, I think Matt Painter's future at Purdue, he writes the ticket. He's going to be at Purdue. Uh, and I know I ranted a lot already in this 21-minute uh, quick cast, but I think he's going to be at Purdue for a long time. And I think that's good. I think it's good. The stability, the, I, what defines the program, he's part of that. The funny thing is, everybody's comparing him to Katie right now because of the results. They are very different coaches. Katie was not as effective of a recruiter, and Katie was obviously a very fiery coach. Okay, Katie, I think, squeezed everything he could out of those teams in most years. Purdue didn't don't use the word choke in the tournament. That didn't happen very often in the tournament. They just hit a wall where they weren't as talented. Painter teams seemed to be better. This year's team, for instance, could match up Talent-wise with a lot of teams in America and depth-wise with about anybody. Even when they were a shorter bench, they still were talented enough. So the team is different. The program is different, but they are falling out of the tournament in a similar manner and rhythm, which sucks. Um, and everybody's sick of it, and we all know that. So I'm with everybody out there who thinks this is lousy. I agree, but I'm not saying firing Matt Painter makes any damn sense. Okay, let's go further. Um, let's see. Coach Painter had coached himself within one Ryan Klein free throw, Luke says, Luke says this, of the final four. Klein makes that free throw. This whole conversation is broken. And you are correct. Luke, um, you are absolutely correct. They were this far from a final four. And Jay talks about on this site how much that changed everything. If you guys don't know this about my pal Jay Money, um, not only did that game really affect him, um, it, it changed the way he watches basketball. According, I, I haven't gotten too deep with him, but I... Based on what he's told me, it changed the way he watches college basketball. It bothered him to the middle. Um, it was a tough blow for him, and he's probably not the only one. Many of you guys probably feel the same way. Um, it, it was hard. Yeah, that, that's a hard way to, to bow out of a tournament. That was awful. Um, let's see. Um, Nolan Hustet was excited for all the freezing cold takes. There are tons of freezing cold takes on Twitter right now. Uh, just look up the hashtag fire Matt Painter, fire Painter, just fire Painter. Look up that hashtag, and yeah, it's 
it's out there. There's not a lot of them though. I'm telling you, but they are out there um, yeah, on the knucklehead board. They're calling them the Aners. That's funny. Um, but uh, anyway, let's let's go a little further. Um, Justice uh, Justice Hill from Murray State is in the portal. Says Nolan Hostetler. That'd be a good prospect. That's uh, that's a guy that I liked watching. That'd be a good one. I think he'd have a good home at Purdue. I don't know anything about his personality, though. I really want all these guys to be vetted pretty well. I want them to fit. I want them to be good guys. Like, Purdue's done really well. The guys who've come in through the portal, generally, there's only been, I think there's been one problem with a kid off court. But generally, they've been really good guys. I want good guys. And and let me just say this. This this. This live cast is going to be a little longer, and I don't think it's been filled with crap. So if you don't want to tune in anymore, that's okay. But let me go a little bit further about a principle that makes Purdue basketball what it is. They're really easy to root for because they're really very decent guys, it seems like. Travion Williams lost uh, uh, his final game. He was upset. He didn't play, well, he didn't play his best first half. Played great in the second half. Almost took the game over completely by himself. Travion Williams was torn apart. And we can talk about that press conference, what he said. He revealed something. He said, uh, not everybody in that locker room uh, took St. Peter's that seriously. And you can dig fit further. There's a lot of conjecture on there around going about some of the conflicts on the court and off the court that were happening that day, something that was kind of unprecedented for this team. That's all bad, right? But Travion Williams is a really good dude, it seems like. Like, I don't know him very well. I've met him twice. But that's the type of guy you want to root for at Purdue. That's it, right? All those guys seem like decent guys, seem like guys that you're like, when you introduce them to your kids and they shake your hand, you're not going to be apologizing in 10 years because they've gone and done something awful, inhumane, horrible behavior, right? We want guys that are good guys, that want to be at Purdue, that, that actually study. Okay, I sound naive. Sure, call me naive. I don't care, but that's what I want at Purdue. I want people that are of integrity. I want the program to be run in a way that's not embarrassing. I'm old-fashioned. And you guys can sound off below and tell me I'm wrong. You can do it at Twitter, whatever. You can do it in the comments right now. I bet there are a couple people in there who have already done it. But that's what I want. That's what I want. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, uh, this is interesting. Chris Curtis says, Pack isn't in the portal. He put his name in the NBA draft testing. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, I read his note. I guess I didn't read it very well. I'll reveal another thing to you uh, about me if you don't know this already. I don't like recruiting. I already said I didn't like the transfer portal, but I don't like recruiting. I don't like to really get too in love with any of this stuff until they're signed. You guys can disagree. I'm sure many of you love recruiting and transfer portal and all the um, potential that's out there. But until they're signed, I don't fall in love with recruits because I'm like, man, this stuff always, eh, it can change. It can change quickly, and it can be one person in their life that changes it. It can be something they see on TV that changes it, whatever. So, yeah, I hope uh, I hope all the guys that are in the portal want to take Purdue seriously and give Coach Painter a call, and they're all wonderful humans and great basketball players. Um, but I can't go any further about the fit because I don't have, I can't speak to it knowledgeably. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Jack-o'-lantern says, uh, I'm paying homage to Steve Jobs. Thank you for that. Because of this and because of this and yeah, whatever. Um, shut up. Anyway, uh, let's go. Uh, Brian T says, thank you for your commentary all year. I've really enjoyed tuning in. Hammer down. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, it's it's been relatively fun. I said this even in the season disappointed. I like meeting here with you guys. Uh, I think this lunchtime hour, it's, I'm at a late lunch. 
it's 1.30 now. Um, but I think this is a kind of a fun time to do a live cast. So uh, appreciate that, Brian. Um, uh, Vincent Moster says, I missed most of the stream. Did you mention IT enter the portal? Yes, I did. Uh, you can go back and review it. It's, it's now official on the internet. It's out there. Um, uh, but I talked about it, and I'm somewhat surprised, but I think it's probably a good move for both sides. Uh, Nathan Hostetler says, culture is built on, uh, on good guys. Sucks to come close and fall short, but, man, it's better than compromising values and win championships. Yep, we agree, uh, Nolan. And also, uh, culture can also be built on really bad people, too, and a lot of programs are. A lot of programs make deals with the devil literally and figuratively, and they end up with something that I think no one wants to root for. I don't want Purdue to flirt with it. I don't want them to get near that edge of that envelope. I don't want any of that to happen. Um, Oh, yeah, this is a good point. Uh, Tariq Camel, Tarek Camel, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing. I am sure I did there. Uh, We need to get Rob Rob Fennessy and Samuel Williamson in the portal. Okay, Rob Fennessy is the one that I really got got my attention. I saw that he went into the portal. I use in the exact opposite situation, almost to the number. I think they're three guys over. Purdue is now two guys down. Uh, scholarship-wise, so IU is going to have guys entering the portal. They already had Fennessy get there. I uh, I got to tell you, I, I really don't want Fennessy at Purdue. <laughs> uh, he seems like a good kid, uh, so that's the the good thing. If he wanted to come to Purdue, I think Purdue would be happy with him, but I'd really rather not have Fennessy there. He made his choice not coming to Purdue years ago, um, and uh, yeah, I don't uh, – he can come watch games. Maybe he can get some good tickets. Uh, so, whatever, but – that's an interesting point. That's just my perspective. Again, you can comment below. Uh, Brian T says, uh, looking forward to aggressive defense efforts, recruiting, uh, returning the future. Brian, here, let me respond to that one specifically. Some things we know and in the Purdue culture, they're kind of baked in, we think. Defense lives here is at the student section. That's like a decade-old sign coming from a Big Ten Network ad campaign, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, I can't remember chicken or the egg, but that sign was supposed to show charges and hustle plays and steals. This year, there was not much of that at Mackey Arena. So defense lives here. And the other one is play hard. That goes back to Gene Katie, right? And so this year, right, the play hard thing, uh, Purdue played hard, most players, for much of the game. But you didn't have it as something that was just a given from everybody. They need to bring that back. They need to bring that kind of... Uh, well, if they don't bring that mentality back next year with the the youth and the new talent and the combination of guys that haven't played together all that much, Purdue's going to struggle mightily for a big chunk of the, te- the season. The things you can control, I always say, are effort. So that's defense and rebounding generally. Purdue needs to control that, and Purdue needs to play high level of effort next year, all season, right out of the chute, and uh, it's going to take a big, it's going to take a great coaching effort for Purdue to be a 22-23 win team next year and be in the tournament. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, they got to they gotta change some things. They got to get back to what defines the program. Um, so Tarek, Tariq, gosh darn it, I'm sorry. Painter, uh, need, he says, uh, needs better assistance. He's a good recruiter and developer, but our team didn't improve the season. And I agree, the team did not improve the season. Um, a lot of the guys, uh, somebody talked about Thompson on uh, Twitter. They said Thompson was worse at the end of the year than he was at the beginning. I would say he probably, it's hard to make this decision. I don't think he regressed. I really don't. I just think that at the beginning of the season, they were playing teams that weren't that good, with the exception of Villanova and North Carolina. Not a lot of those teams were good that they were playing. So um, 
I don't think uh, Thompson regressed. I think he was just playing better players. And um, some of the problems that he's got, he's a little guy. Like, he, he weighs like 150 pounds, 155 pounds. Um, and he's not uh, water bug quick. So when you're really little and you're not a guy that can just absolutely shake people with the ball in your hand, it's going to be hard to create opportunities to score. How he was doing early was he was open in the corner a lot when Ivy would draw a double or triple team. Um and Ivy would kick out to him or Williams would find him out there and he'd hit the three. That's a big deal. He didn't have that many opportunities because people started playing Ivy differently. Why? Well, the last 10 games of the season, Ivy shot under 30% from three. That made a big difference. They didn't have to respect him the way that he was. He was shooting 43% back in November. That changes things a lot. He also turned the ball over a lot. And so teams figured out, well, if he's going to drive and put his head down, we can just hold tight in the lane and wait for him to come to us almost. Teams defended everything in Purdue a lot different. Purdue did not improve if they did. Not much. Uh, they played better defense toward the end of the season. I'll give them that. But uh, let's see. Um, uh, <laughs> no excuses. Which painter uh, should bring back? Uh Wait, I'm not going to read it because I'm already lost. I apologize. Um, anyway, I'm not good at doing two things at once. Um, Luke says, I think the importance of uh, scouting has been forgotten. Both IT and Ivy had elements of their game that were exposed by good coaches. I think good coaches exposed Purdue down the, run, uh, down the stretch um, in a lot of ways, even the game they won. Chris Beard exposed some of Purdue's problems. Purdue had a problem when they were pressured. Uh, Texas pressured Purdue. Eric Hunter struggled, struggled a bit. Uh, on that trap versus Texas. Um, and Eric Hunter struggled a bit on that trap period all season. It wasn't horribly detrimental versus Texas, but Purdue didn't score a lot of points. So that shows that it did work pretty well. Um, anyway, I think that's about it. We are over 30 minutes. I hope you enjoyed this uh, quick cast. I wanted to hit on a lot of points, respond to things that I've been thinking a bit about on Twitter. Um, one thing, uh, the, going to the Final Four, I stopped watching basketball uh, Saturday night because this one thing happened. So that's the thing. When Purdue loses, it changes my perspective. Hopefully, I'll be interested again. Um, but I, honestly, I don't have a dog in that fight at all. I guess it'd be Jay Wright and Villanova. It'd be the team I like the most. Seeing Coach Krzyzewski lose to North Carolina would be fun because it would piss off Duke fans. That'd be cool. But still, the, all the Blue Bloods and the fact that Bill Self is still in doesn't do anything, doesn't do any good for me at all. Um, that's a filthy, grimy, awful program at Kansas, run by people that cheat and then surrounded by enablers and encouragers that also want cheaters. And Congratulations, Kansas. By the way, North Carolina won a national championship just a couple of years ago while they were cheating, so or in an under investigation. It's not Hubert Davis's fault. That wasn't his program. He wasn't attached to him then. He was a broadcaster at that point. But still. Um, that's about it. Um, yeah. Uh, Tarek Camel says, got to watch UNC, uh, Duke. You want to see, uh, uh, I, I want to see, I want to see coach K lose. So that's it. So thanks for tuning in. I appreciate the live tune-ins. I appreciate the recorded tune-ins. We're almost to 35 minutes. I appreciate Jay tuning in. That's wild. That's a, that's a big honor. Um, hope everybody has a great day. Uh, hope it gets above 30 degrees here in Indiana soon because it's been freezing yesterday. Ridiculous. Wake up today, 18 degrees. What the heck? I mean, it's almost April. Have a great day. Hammer down. God bless you. I'll work on this beard. It'll be better next time you see. Late.